This is Jim Laws along with Nat Ayers, and we're coming to you today over the Gospel is for All Internet Radio Broadcast. We're very happy to have you with us in our Bible study, and it's always an encouragement for us when we know that those of you who are listening to us and following along in the discussion are being helped by our study of the Bible. And as you do that, I'm sure you will be helped as we look at God's holy and inspired Word. As you have the opportunity, I hope that you'll come and visit with us at the Broadway Church of Christ in Tyler, Texas. We're located at 100 Cumberland Road. Our email address is bcoc at suddenlinkmail.com. And we encourage you to come whenever you possibly can. If you have a question about our internet radio broadcast, we're happy to hear from you about that. Perhaps you have a question that you'd like for us to address. We'd be glad to consider that as well. And again, that um, email address that you can write to us is found at bcoc at suddenlinkmail.com. Uh, Nat, today we um, are studying about uh, the last verse in the Bible, Revelation 22 and 21. And I'm, I've asked Nat to read that for us and begin our discussion. Before you actually begin our discussion, though, Nat, maybe you'd like to talk a little bit about the Searching the Scriptures forum that's going to be coming up in the next few weeks here at Broadway. Oh, absolutely, Jim. It's good to be with you. It's good to be with our audience. And, uh, yes, we are excited. Uh, Jim, is this the third or fourth year? The fourth, the fourth year that we have had our Searching the Scriptures forum. And if you're not familiar, uh, you know, there are different kinds of forums. There are open forums. Well, this is not necessarily an open forum, but a forum in which throughout the year different questions have been submitted to us. And we have a panel of three preachers, uh, Clay Williams, and he is from uh, the North Glen Heights Church of Christ in Glen Heights, Texas, Robert Johnson from the Longview Church of Christ in Longview, Texas, and Don Hatch from the Beltline Road Church of Christ in Irving, Texas. And all three of these men have spent many years uh, preaching and uh, studying, and so they will be giving uh, gospel answers, uh, scriptural answers, to these questions that have been uh, posed in the, uh, for this forum. There are two questions each uh, uh, speaker gets a night, and it starts Monday, September the 19th and runs through the 21st, Wednesday at 7 p.m. And they're great questions this year. Uh, for example, one of Clay Williams' questions is, Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions, John fourteen two. Is this figurative or literal? Will we know each other in heaven is the question. And there's just great questions that they have this year. And so uh, if you are a student of God's Word and, and uh, you know, you'd like to dig deep. This is a great opportunity to hear uh, three men um, speak on very, you know, some tough subjects, some tough questions. And not only do they each speak on these questions, there's usually time enough where each gentleman can add a few comments about the other gentleman's questions. And sometimes, you know, it, it has, there's really great discussions that come from from these this forum. So, it's something that we look forward to every year. A lot of effort goes into it, and we do it for the community around us in hopes that we will have a good number of people that want to come and hear these uh, answers to some tough questions. And there will be scriptural answers straight from the Bible, and we look forward to uh, this week. And it's just a couple of weeks away. And, and so it will be Monday, uh, September 19th through the 21st, 
each night at 7 p.m. And on that, we might um, explain a little bit about why have a forum. Sure. Now, a forum's a little different from a gospel right. meeting. And a gospel meeting, which we're all very familiar with, is uh, more of a, a worship service where uh, the speaker, the preacher, is responsible for uh, the information that's given yes. in preaching his sermon. Whereas in a forum, a forum uh, ideas are expressed. And right. like you mentioned, you mentioned open forum. Yes. Uh, open forum's a good venue for learning and studying, and that's where uh, uh, someone from the audience may get up and ask a question at a microphone or make a comment at a microphone for the uh, benefit of the audience and for the panelists to consider. Uh, as you mentioned, in our uh, forum, it's not an open forum, right. but the audience, being the congregation, has submitted these very interesting questions, yes. and then these three panelists will consider them. So we might talk a little bit about the difference between a gospel meeting and a forum. I've actually heard some people say, well, our gospel meeting in September. Well, it's really not a gospel right, meeting. Right, right, right. It's a forum. Yep. And a forum is more of a... Uh, educational yes. uh, discussion. It's more of a, a discussion where different points of view are presented and considered. Right, right. Well, you know, I love both uh, both uh, styles and both uh, yeah, exactly. uh, for or both. Uh, what is the word I'm trying to say here? Open forum, uh, open forum and the gospel. Meeting. I like yeah. both formats. Is exactly. the word I was thinking of. Yeah. But uh, what I really love about the forum is. A lot of these questions are questions that, that we've all asked, you know, really pondered, and they're tough questions, and, and these men are going to have to dig down deep really hard to study it out and try to give the very best answer they possibly can. But another panelist may look at it just a little bit different. Sure. Uh, but they're, they're both really examining the Scripture, really digging down deep to give the best uh, biblical answer that you can get and uh, that's how we grow and mature uh, that's how I, I like to grow and mature is you know through deep study and then to really hash out these tough passages that we'll be discussing um, you know I, I enjoy that and I enjoy um, being able to hear maybe different points of view that I haven't thought of before it really it, it strengthens uh, and matures your faith when you can dig down a little bit deeper and study these questions. Well, you know, faith comes by hearing. Absolutely. Hearing the Word of God. As we study more, then we're going to learn more and grow in stronger faith. Yep. I don't know if you're like I am, but I suppose most everyone is this way. There are some questions that come up in my life that I'm not sure I have the answer to. Right. Sometimes I file it away in the backside of my mind. Right. And then it may be... Um, a year later, and that question will come back up, yep. and it's at a point in time where there's really the opportunity to answer it and right. to deal with it better. And I've had a lot of questions answered that way, where I've had to wait a while and and put that in the on the back burner, so to speak, yeah. and in turn wait for the right time and the right opportunity to sure. come along and that be answered. Yeah. Well, I think that's what a lot of these questions are like. Some people have submitted questions that they've had for a long time, yeah. Yeah. and here's a perfect opportunity for them to listen to three men that are very knowledgeable yeah. and well-trained. As you look at the resume yeah. of these particular individuals, you'll see that uh, Don Hatch, Robert Johnson, and Clay uh, Williams, Clay Williams uh, are very well trained and experienced in dealing with difficult issues like yes. this. You know, nobody speaks out of a vacuum. Every right. teacher, every preacher 
brings in his experiences, yep. his background, his training to bear on the question that's being offered. Yep. And I think you're going to see that at this. Well, and there, in the questions, you know, we're, we have several, and uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Each year, the questions we get in are a little different and a little, but a uh, few of the questions this year deal with this life after death. Uh, are we conscious after death? Does the soul immediately go back to God? You know, these are questions that. You know, there. Yes, the Bible talks about them. Yet, but you're really going to have to dig down to get that information. And but those are questions that we all really ponder. What is it going to be like after we die? And so I'm really the the set of questions we have this year. I think are very uh, well thought out, and and they're ones that a lot of people have thought about. And so uh, we really encourage you if you're in the Tyler area, if you're around uh, the Tyler area. Uh, please make plans to be here, but if you can't, uh, it will be broadcast live each night on this TGRN uh, network, TGRN.org, every night at 7 p.m. from uh, the 19th through the 21st. Uh, if you're listening now, you'll know how to listen then. You go to TGRN.org, and, and there'll be a live stream button, and you click on that, and during those nights, our uh, forum uh, will be uh, broadcast live as well as archived. If you have to miss it that night and want to go back and listen, it will also be archived just as our uh, individual radio programs are. Well, that's a good reminder, and thank you for that, Matt. And I hope you will take advantage of this educational opportunity to study the Word of God in a unique venue. Uh, it's not a it's not a regular opportunity that we have. We have a very unique opportunity here to hear the Word of God discussed and explained, and I hope you'll take advantage of that. And as Nat brought out, uh, it will be broadcast over the TGRN.org internet radio broadcast. Nat, we were talking about the book of Revelation. We right. started um, this from that standpoint. Our subject was the last verse in the Bible. We were looking at that last week, and the last verse of the Bible is Revelation chapter 22 and verse 21. And I'm going to ask you to read that and get our discussion started for us once again. You may read several verses there to give us a little more insight into the context, but it's quite an interesting verse. And then what we did was we went back to the first verse of the Bible and kind of compared that with the last verse of the Bible. And I think some interesting conclusions came from sure. it. So uh, with our study today, uh, why don't we begin by looking at this last book of the Bible, a great book indeed. Sure. Let us look. Uh, I'm going to begin, let's just say around 16. And uh, we see 16 actually is recorded with Jesus' words. It says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I'm the root uh, and the descendant of David, the bride and morning star. The spirit of the bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book. If anyone adds them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of, prof of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and the holy city which are described in this book. He who testifies to these, uh, these uh, things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Now that's the last verse. It's an interesting verse, isn't it? It's yes. written to the 
suffering saints of Asia in the closing yeah. portion of the first century. And, uh, you know, the, there's many wonderful lessons that we could bring from the book of Revelation by itself. But basically it is saying that good will triumph over evil, that God will be triumphant over the and vanquish uh, the forces of Satan and the ultimate salvation of God's people through Jesus Christ will be accomplished. God's great plan that Jesus is indeed King of kings and Lord of lords, Revelation 19 and verse 16. Uh, but when you look at that from the standpoint of the first verse of the Bible, how that God created the world and everything was good, and then you look at the last verse of the Bible, which is telling us about the great conquest of God through Christ and overcoming the sins which people commit, and the sins of the world by their obedient faith and response to God, you realize something's wrong. Right. Something happened in the middle here. Something happened in between. Human beings experience many problems, and much of it is pain. And at the personal level, we recognize that we are not what we should be like. We have uh, no trouble seeing that something is not right about the world that we live in. The first and last verses in the Bible with the problem of life into its proper perspective. In the very first verse of the Bible, Genesis 1 and 1, it tells us that the creation was by God. But then ultimately something very wrong took place, and that's what happened. Sin entered into the world, and we were talking about that last week, the problem of sin and suffering in, in this particular life. But then God gave us uh, this great plan of salvation, whereby we, through God's wonderful grace, can have hope for the problems of life and enjoy the hope of having eternal life. And this is the truth that contains the ultimate solution to all of our problems. Uh, Nat, I think we looked at Romans chapter 7, but in our recapping of what we discussed last week, go back to Romans chapter 7. You might want to read about verse 24. And um, on through verse uh, chapter 1, verse 8. And I really like Romans 8, 1. I, I, I think it's one of the great verses of the Bible that really describes for us the fact of what God has done for us and the salvation that we enjoy in Christ Jesus. And so um, I guess maybe verse 21, something like that. Romans 7, 21 through Romans 8, 1. Let's read that and make just a brief comment sure. and then continue with our study. Right. Romans 7.21, So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to, uh, to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Uh, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, isn't that the the um, the case for us all? You know, for those of us who who want to be children of God, you know, there is there is that war that wages between wanting to do what's uh, right and and the uh, sinful side of of, uh, of our lives. But uh, Christ is the answer. Uh, from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, Christ was always the answer. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? 
And then we have the answer, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is the answer to our sin problem. Um, and even though we fight this war of wanting to do what's right and then giving over to sin, thanks be to God that we have we are covered through the blood of Christ. Um, that even though we we still sometimes serve the law of the flesh, we are under no condemnation because we're under the law of Christ. That is so true, Matt. You see, the God of creation is also the God of our salvation. Yes. And the point that the Bible is making is that in the beginning, uh, God begins the creation, and the creation is complete in that first week. But then at the end of the Bible, you have the discussion of Jesus Christ. The first part of the Bible is talking about God. Yep. Last part of the Bible is talking about Jesus. And and the re, and what happened in the between is the problem of sin and God's solution. Yes. And as you pointed out, Jesus is the answer to that. And I, as you were speaking, I was thinking about Hebrews chapter two verse ten, and and uh, I think it's a good verse that fits in here. For it was fitting that He for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. See, Jesus is the one who's made it possible for our soul's salvation to take place. Yes. But the interesting part about this is, you know, there's some people who won't be saved without Christ. That's right. And I think that's part of Paul's point in the book of Romans there, is that the Jews were wanting the salvation of God, but they didn't want it through Jesus Christ. Yes. And there are people that are that way today. They... But you cannot have the salvation which God has to no. offer without Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, yes. the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And some would like to have salvation in God without Jesus Christ. Yes. But such is just not possible. Yeah. Uh, some would accept the grace of God if they could have it without his son, Jesus Christ. But just, again, such is simply not possible. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily in Christ, Colossians 2. Yes. 9 in Colossians 1, 18 and 19. Well, in Christ is the ultimate victory uh, for our sins. Grace is the last word, the end of the story of salvation. That, if you'd read for us Ephesians 2, I know uh, we've been referring to that passage quite often, frequently. It's a good one to keep in mind. The passage that I have specifically in mind is verse 8. You might uh, pick up with the reading a little sooner than that, but Without denying that God's grace is conditional, we need to emphasize that God's grace in the scheme of redemption is an important element we must never forget. So let's go to yeah. Ephesians 2, verse 8, and in that oh. brief paragraph there. And I'm going to pick up in verse 4, because I think it, it is really, verse 4 captures where this grace is coming from, what, what makes this grace available. Verse 4, but God being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. The reason we're saved by grace, verse 4 tells it's because he loved us. Uh, that God loved us in spite of our sin uh, while we were yet sinners. But in order to reach that grace, we see in verse 6, it must be in Christ Jesus. That grace is only found 
when it is in Christ Jesus. Like you said earlier, there are those that even today still believe, you know, there are a lot of these, uh, those that claim to be Jewish today, uh, you know, the descendants of David are going to be saved. If they've rejected Christ, if they're not in Christ, I, they are not going to receive the grace of God. Uh, the, you must be in Christ to receive the yeah, grace. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that now. And I think that uh, passage in Ephesians 2, you certainly want to study that carefully. Yes. You're right to go back up earlier in the context because he talks there about the mercy of God, yes. the love of God, and that it's from that that this grace stems. And yeah. so I think just to read Ephesians 2 8 by itself would be a mistake. We need to go back and start a little earlier and read uh, more of the paragraph to help us understand how important the grace of God really is. Well, how would we know this, Matt? Right. I mean, how would we know about the grace of God? How would we know that uh, God is um, uh, in the first part of the Bible, yeah. Christ is referenced in the last part of the Bible, in the middle is the problem of sin and God's solution for the problem of sin? How do we know all these answers? Where, where must we go to learn about these particular matters? Uh, what's the place to do? Where uh, should we go to find it? Can we be saved, what you're asking, without the knowledge of, of Jesus Christ, without the knowledge of grace? It only comes through God's Word. Right. If, if, if we do not know God's Word, can you be saved without knowing God's Word? Can you be saved uh, without knowing uh, what God has in in mind for us, what He had from the in mind from the beginning to the end, like you said, the the problem of sin and the cure of that sin problem uh, through Christ. Uh, if if we don't know God's word, uh, we cannot uh, be have benefit of, of the God's word. Uh, you can't accidentally fall into salvation. You can't accidentally shazam be zapped with salvation by saying a few words. You must have a knowledge of God's word to have faith in God and an active faith in God. Yeah, that's so true. Now you can't just study the first part no. and the last part. No, you got to study the whole context. the whole context. That's and right. you're you're exactly right on that. The only way we can know about this matter is to learn what the Word of God says, and yeah. on that we can be sure. Uh, as we read and study God's Word, we can know it. Now, a dangerous thing in this that I find sometimes in the minds of people and the practice of people is they'll study their favorite verses. Yeah. Uh, they limit their study to yeah. a few favorite verses. And I've got some favorite sure. verses. I love Psalm, Psalm 19. I love Psalm 23. I, saw, yeah. I love Psalm 119. I can mention a lot of passages. I, I enjoy reading and studying the book of Philippians. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite studies is the book of Romans. That yeah. and the book of Hebrews. So those are... Yeah. Two of my favorite books, and I find myself going back to those books all the time. However, there's a severe, dangerous problem if that's all I limit that's myself right. to. There's going to be a problem there because I'm not going to see the whole picture. I've got to not only start at the beginning of the Bible and the end of the Bible, I've got to read everything yeah. in between yeah. in order to have a proper concept of the Word of God. You know, just the other day, Jim, I was, I was talking with somebody, and, and this is really dangerous, as you pointed out. Uh, and everybody knows the, probably the most famous passage, John three sixteen, and it's a beautiful passage. Right. But uh, he wanted to say, this gentleman, that, uh, you know, it says that if you believe, you, you shall be saved. It stops right there. All it is is belief. Well, then if we're just going to go with that one verse on salvation, you might as well throw away every other passage in the Bible that deals with salvation. You know, if that's the only one, then why why read anything else? Why is the rest of the Bible there? But but we've got to be, we've got to take the whole 
uh, Bible in in to play when we are talking about our salvation. When we're talking about what we must know, we cannot, as you said, pick one verse that that's that's my go-to verse for my salvation. Well, there are a lot of other things that point. You know, what about repentance? What about confession? What about uh, baptism? Uh, do you just throw those passages out and say they don't matter? Well, it, we have to take the whole uh, enchilada, so to speak. Well, that's so true. And and what you're saying is you're emphasizing, I think, an important point, yeah. and that is as a Bible student and as a Bible teacher, yeah. I've got to have a broad understanding yes. of the Word of God. But it doesn't stop there. As you pointed out, our understanding needs to be broad from beginning to end, but it also needs to go down as deep as we possibly right. can. It, we have a broad overview look, but we try to dig down as deep as we possibly can to understand the Word of God and its meaning. You know, Paul uh, told the Ephesians on one occasion, he said, I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. Right. Acts chapter 20, verse 27. And that's what we really need. We yep. need to search for, study out, the whole counsel of God. And as a preacher, as a teacher, as a Bible student, as an individual who's trying to understand the mind of God, I need to do that. I need to search out the whole counsel from beginning to end. Look at the first verse, the last verse, and everything in between. Well, there's one more point, Nat, that I'd like to talk about. And uh, the last, very last word in the Bible. Uh, and we have just a short minute or so left. And as you'll notice in Revelation 22 and 21, the passage you read a moment ago in the beginning of our study, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. Oh. Amen. Yep. That's the very last statement that God made to mankind. In verbal form, God has revealed his will in the Bible. The last word he said was amen. Now, the word amen is an interesting word. I have to be brief here, but it means let it be so, yep. basically. Uh, we need to be able to say that with God's word. Amen. Whatever God says, amen. Let right. it be so. Whatever God's word says, let that be the word for my life as yep. well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it is God's will for us. Uh, when we say amen, we're saying let God's will be done. Let let it be so. And um, and do we feel that way about God's word? If God's word told you to stand on your head, are you, you going to do it? If God's word told us to run, you know, whatever. If we can ever get the mindset and the heart set to say, whatever God's word has for my life, that's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to live. I'll change. I'll do whatever I need to do to comply with God and His word. If we get that kind of mindset and heart set, we're going to please God. Amen to that. Yes, sir. Well, it has been good to be with you, Jim. Uh, we appreciate uh, you listening in uh, this evening, and we hope that you'll listen in again with us uh, next week.